welcome to All Things Health and Abundance podcast. This is the 20th episode of the podcast where we discuss different health and abundance related issues and come with real tips and advice. Probably not many of you know that I had a benign tumor years ago. I didn't want the doctor to cut away a part of me because I knew that I created this tumor. So cutting it would not be the solution. Cutting off parts of me wouldn't solve the root of the problem, which meant I would probably create the same again, in a different part of my body, of course, and maybe in a different shape. And that is when my own holistic healing path began, healing myself while learning how to guide others into doing the same for themselves. And this is why I'm so happy about having the possibility to bring the subject of cancer and holistic treatments today. So today with me is Simone Gisondi. In addition to being a published author, Simone is a registered holistic nutritionist, detoxification specialist, holistic health coach and a certified holistic cancer practitioner. It was in 2011 that her holistic journey began after she suffered a stroke, even though she was eating healthy and working out. She helps her clients with creating personalized health plans specific to their needs. I am so happy you are here with us today discussing the controversial topic of healing cancer naturally and holistically. I'm so glad you say that it's controversial. Yes, it is. It's always been. <laughs> exactly. And I'm very, very happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's an honor, and I'm humbled by the ability to share some of my knowledge and expertise on this topic. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to discussing this subject, really. Do you want to begin by telling us a bit about yourself and your work? Absolutely. So, I'm holistic nutritionist. I'm also an author. So, I wrote a, a book, which is a memoir about my own journey coming back from a stroke that nearly killed me mm. back in 2011. Then I went on to study nutrition to learn how to heal myself because I actually, after the stroke, I was in the hospital for an extended period of time, but I actually got worse while I was in the hospital. And while I was following the protocol of the medical industry, I actually got much worse than better. So mm. I decided to take my power back. I went on to go to school and learn what it takes to heal naturally. I wasn't even aware that, you know, healing the body naturally was even a thing because we all put our trust in the doctors, at least at the time, that's what I thought. And then afterwards, my father got diagnosed with two cancers. Well, oh. I should say with one cancer that he went on and he did surgery, chemotherapy and mm. uh, radiation, and then the cancer came back. So I went on to study holistic cancer because I wanted him to have the same access to natural remedies like I did for my stroke to get myself back to 100% health. And I wanted to help him in the same way. So I went and I studied holistic cancer. I did an internship at a wonderful clinic here where I am. And I got to learn so much. So yes, certainly it's a very tricky field. Cancer is a very mm -hmm. tricky field for so many reasons. And I really want people to understand that when you decide to go the path, much like my father did, the path of going for traditional therapies like chemotherapy and radiation and surgery, you still owe your body at least 
the chance to do what it does naturally, what it's programmed to do naturally yeah. by empowering it with proper nutrition so that even in the face of chemotherapy or radiation or surgery, you still wanted to give it a fighting chance to come out healthy on the other side. I mean, mm -hmm. we all know and we have all seen people that go through traditional therapies in cancer end up very weak, they lose their hair. And there's a lot of science behind the fact that those therapies actually kill indiscriminately the healthy cells as well as the cancerous cells. Mm -hmm. So you do have to give the healthy cells the opportunity to survive and thrive in the face of all that. And that's what I did through nutrition and lifestyle with my father. And I think that anybody out there who's going through any such thing owes it to their body who fights for them every day to give it a fighting chance. Wow. Yeah. So true. How is your dad doing? He's great. He's great. It's I mean, great he learned, but I do want to also emphasize, I think that people who go through cancer therapies, or even if you get a diagnosis, whatever mm. the case may be, and we can talk about the diagnosis itself. I think that you have to have an outlook of positivity where you do not accept and this is, I applied this to myself too. So as a fundamental rule for anybody who's going through any kind of disease, if you want to call it that, I think that you have to look at it as there's no other possible outcome other than me coming out of this healthy and back to a hundred percent. And that was exactly how my father looked at it. I mean, even though he got his diagnosis, he was in good spirits. He kind of had the attitude of, okay, let's get to work to kick this. Much like, for example, if your car breaks down, you know, let's get it fixed. Okay. You yeah. don't start crying or throw the car away or, uh, you know, do anything from a place of emotion or fear. You actually, yeah. you know, go forward with the idea and the mindset that this is just another thing that is happening. Like if you break your foot or if you break a limb, you go to the doctor, you put a cast on and you know that in about six to eight weeks, your bone will heal and you go back to life. Well, people should look at cancer in the same manner because when you accept defeat, and this is one of the things that I learned when I did my internship at the, at the cancer care clinic here where I am. After I, I went through the, the studies, I went and I did an internship. And I think after about two weeks of being there with all the, it was made up of a lot of practitioners, we got to see the people that walked through the doors, who was going to make it and who was not going to make it. There were those, wow. those people that, that gave off this energy of defeat. They had given up and you could see it in their words. You could see it in the way they carried themselves. You could see it in their behaviors. And then there were those who came full of vigor and fight. They were there to survive. They were there to get better. They were there to reclaim their health and get back to 100% and being able to live and thrive. So I think that that's a very important factor. And irrespective of disease, whether you have, you know, heart disease, number one killer in the world, whether you have cancer, number two killer in the world, you should still look at it as, okay, well, I got some work to do. We're going to get back on track. Let's do this. It's and not a death sentence. That's right. There were actually studies done where people that had been given the diagnosis of cancer, and oftentimes doctors also give you prognosis. So they say, well, you've got about three months or you've got about six months. So mm -hmm. if you take that and you internalize it, you've basically accepted that you're going to die in three months or six months. Mm -hmm. 
And there's actually science behind this. And there were studies done. Of course, I know there's a lot of censorship out in the world right now. But if you dig deep enough and go down the rabbit hole, you could probably find this information. There were studies done where people got the wrong diagnosis. They were given a prognosis by the doctors, ended up dying. And when their autopsy was done, there was no trace of cancer in their body. Wow. Because they were believing that. That's right. So basically, doctors literally scare you to death. Literally. Wow. I'm just shocked right now. So just because they believed that they had cancer and they had ever a certain amount of time to live, right. they actually died. Manifested that. That's right. That's wow. Right. The so mind beliefs are super important. Yes. Beliefs and, and the mind. The mind is very, very important. That's why I said to you. I started to realize very quickly when I was doing the internship that the people that were there to survive, they did survive the people that were there to die. You could see that as they were declining, they would come into their appointments. Oftentimes there was this woman in particular that stands out. She was there and it was her husband who was practically forcing her to come to her appointments. And they were doing, I mean, they were spending an exorbitant amount of money for these out of pocket things. But he, she was doing a lot of like IV therapy for vitamins and minerals and all kinds of things that would support her body. But you could see she was just not, she was not really interested. And she, she was going, up. yeah, and she was going through it because her husband was sort of pushing her. And then despite those things, I could see as she was coming in for her appointments and she would come about three, four times a week, I could see how she was declining. Like she was not getting better. Mm. And eventually she passed and she had very aggressive lung cancer. And oddly enough, my dad had, my dad's first cancer was a lung cancer. Yes. And it's one of the more prevalent ones. And there, there are so many components to it for the people that are part of the, what's considered more of the woo world in the sense of the spiritual, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the heart chakra is in the chest. This is where the lungs are. A lot of it has a lot of connection to the ability to love, to love the self, to receive love, to give love. And oftentimes you will see even in people like, for example, I mean, because of course we want to talk about people that people know, like celebrities like Angelina Jolie, who went and had double mastectomy when she removed both of her breasts because she had an aggressive gene that was tied to cancer. And I believe her mother had had breast cancer. So that shows so clearly the blockage in that energy center or the chakra, the heart chakra, which is in that area. And oftentimes the same thing for people that have other cancers, they have their correlation to that chakra. So that's more of the energetic. And I could speak at large about energy because that was one of the components that I studied and even the role that essential oils, for example, have in helping somebody heal and the energetic frequency and how it's measured and why, like, for example, uh, if I can just say uh, the healthy human body, for example, vibrates at about 62 to 70 megahertz Mm -hmm. and one hertz is one oscillation. So it's like that rotation of vibrational energy. A kilohertz is a thousand oscillations And one megahertz is 1 million oscillations per second. So the healthy human body oscillates at 62 to 70 megahertz. So 62 to 70 million oscillations per second. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The human cells actually start to change or mutate when their frequency drops below 62. So it goes from the healthy range to the unhealthy range. 
for example, when you have a flu or a cold, you're vibrating average at about 58 megahertz. So you've oh. dropped from 62 to 70 now to 58 million, right? Yeah. When candida is present, which is typically something that's very closely related to cancer, you vibrate at about 55 megahertz. So you've already dropped more. When you have the Epstein-Barr virus, so the viral infections, you vibrate at 52 megahertz. So, so these things chip away your vibration, at your health, at your state of normal, or the body's state of normal, I should say. Mm-hmm. When you get to about 42, that's when cancer is present in the body. So now you're vibrating at 42 megahertz, down from 62 to 70. And when the death process begins, the body's actually because it has been measured. So in measurements that have been done, it was at 20 megahertz. Wow. Okay. But what causes this, this frequency to drop? Everything has its own frequency in the world. So oh, when yeah. you match the frequency, like if mm-hmm. you drop, whether it's because you consume foods, like foods have their own frequencies, right? Yeah. For example, like vegetables and fruits, which are by far the healthiest things that we can consume. Cucumber, for example, has 60 units of antioxidant strength, has an antioxidant to be Mm -hmm. able to, you know, mitigate the free radicals in the body. And there is such a thing that helps the measurement, which is the oxygen radical absorbance capacity, which is the ORAC. That's what it's called. That's the acronym. And it's a test that was developed, oddly enough, by the U.S. Department of Agriculture at Mm -hmm. Tufts University, I believe it was. And it was measuring the antioxidant speed and power of free free radical inhibition. Like how do foods inhibit the free radicals? So it measures basically the, the speed that the foods clear the cells, right? Of the like of the toxicity. And just for the audience to know, so antioxidants are really compounds found in plants that actually stop or they delay the damage done to the cells. So antioxidants are naturally found in plants. So That's why oftentimes we recommend that you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables to be able to extract these antioxidant properties from them because they help ward off cell damage by clearing up, removing the cell damaged, like the free radicals, this is what they're called, before they can do any harm, or at least they can mitigate the harm. And the oxidative damage done to the cells by the free radicals is implicated in everything really from aging to the wrinkling of skin. Like you see Mm -hmm. when people don't have good diets, okay, they may not have cancer, but they they look aged. They do damage to DNA. They lead to cancer when these mutations happen at DNA level. They lead to heart disease, premature death, things like that. So antioxidants control these free radicals and the damage that they cause at cellular Mm -hmm. level. And they obviously support youthfulness as well. So that's why it's important. They say, you know, the best thing, especially because even skin, it happens from the inside out. So what you put in the body expresses on everything, on your organs, on your skin. Mm -hmm. So while vegetables and fruits have these antioxidative powers, even essential oils have their own, like where fruits and vegetables are concerned, cucumber, for example, has 60 units of antioxidant strength, celery, I know there there was a celery juice craze and, you know, yeah. rightfully so. That has 75 units. Apples have 207 units of antioxidant mm-hmm. power. Broccoli, which is by far, this is why in the cancer world where nutrition is concerned, we say eat brassica foods or fruit foods, vegetables, really, from that family, the brassica family. 
broccoli, for example, has 890 units. Wow. So that's in comparison to cucumber at 60 units, while blueberries, which are probably the most, they're known as the superfood of antioxidants, mm -hmm. they have a 2,400 unit measurement of wow. antioxidant power. However, if you look at essential oils, orange oil, which is one of the lower ones, orange oil has 18,898 units of antioxidant power. If you're going to look at things like, for example, clove, mm. clove oil, that's over a million units of antioxidant power. But can these oils be consumed? So it depends. They, when you say yeah. consume, they could be inhaled. So you put them in a diffuser and you mm -hmm. inhale them in the body. You can also apply them topically to the skin. They get absorbed mm -hmm. into the skin. In fact, anything that we put on the skin gets absorbed. Yeah. This is why it's important to use very clean things that do not contain chemicals. The chemicals go inside the bloodstream. Yeah. The blood travels to every cell in the body and causes damage. And you never know depending on where your weakness is, the kind of damage that it's going to cause. Or for example, people who smoke, like my father did, which is why his first cancer was that of the lungs, the chemicals they put in, in, the, in the cigarettes actually get absorbed into the cells of the lungs. And those chemicals go and mutate, damage the cells, which leads to the cancer. Mm -hmm. So chemicals and a lot of the stuff that we interact with in the world, for example, and I saying this forever and ever, like the stuff that we put on the skin to protect ourselves against the, against the sun, sunscreen, mm -hmm. that is probably the easiest way to lead to some sort of cancer because think of it like this, in the heat, in the summer, what happens when we are hot? Our skin pores dilate for sweat to come out. And that's how the skin actually eliminates its toxicity through the, mm -hmm. through the pores. So clearly when the pores open, anything that's on the skin will end up going inside as well because the skin mm -hmm. absorbs. So imagine how much damage you do. And I, I cringe when I see people do this with their kids when they spray them. So imagine that with the sprays because they, they came out with that. You're inhaling it. Yeah. Droplets are in, in the air and you're putting it on the skin. So that's double the whammy. And those What things, should one do? Well, first and foremost, there are many essential oils, like carrot oil has its own, yeah. coconut oil has its own level of protection. Mm -hmm. But I think from a common sense perspective, you know, be smart about when you expose yourself to sun. Yeah. Of course, don't go out in the sun for eight hours, six hours, five hours without protection. But if you're going to go out for 15 minutes, it's important to get because that's how the body converts the, what it takes from the sun into the production of vitamin D. So the conversion happens to be able to get the vitamin D produced in the body, which is something that helps the immune system. So that's why the sun is actually very important. Even the absorption of the, the spectrum of light in the eyes is important for eyesight mm -hmm. and so many other things. Mm -hmm. So everything that nature provides us with actually works in concert. It works together to help us stay healthy. I know there's a lot of information out there that speaks otherwise, and it's difficult for people because you navigate through all kinds of information that mm. seems contradictory and it's difficult to make proper decisions. And this is why it's important to work with professionals that have learned. But certainly just the point I was trying to make is that essential oils are an important and very powerful tool if you find that you are dealing with cancer and there's different ones that would work well with different organs. And for example, if you're dealing with skin, you have different 
options like frankincense is amazing for that. And I use that with my son when he had certain skin irritations. Mm. So learning more about essential oils or going to a professional that knows about it, basically. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's important. For example, if you're going to look at the, the frequencies of the organs of the body, the thyroid and the parathyroid up here in the neck where the throat chakra is, that the frequency for that is about 62 to 70, 62 to 69, 70 mm -hmm. kind of megahertz. The, the heart, 67 to 70. The colon, depending like the ascending colon or the descending colon between 50 to 64, 65, like around there. So mm -hmm. different frequencies. And if you can match the essential oil frequencies to the organs, then the two match the frequency. And that's when the connection happens. Mm -hmm. The same thing with, with foods, right? Spinach has like a 1,200 frequency, like units of frequency, megahertz. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's why it's important to work with a professional because they, they do have access to this information. Yeah, exactly. A 30 seconds break and stay tuned because we're coming back. Are you stressed, anxious, or in need of a change in your life and well-being? Start by booking a free 30 minutes strategy session with me. You can do that by going on my website, adakomani.no, and finding an appropriate time in my calendar. If you are unsure, you can start by sending an email and I'll get back to you. And remember, life is too short to waste it not feeling good. Welcome back after this short advertising, continuing with the same subject. Is there a difference when you talk about food, for example, is there a difference between organic and not organic, ecological and not ecological? Huge difference, absolutely, because yeah. the organic or ecological bio, depending on how it's referred to in the mm. different areas of the world, those do not have the chemical components that are added. And I know you're in Europe, but in North America, we have a tremendous amount of chemicals sprayed on the crops and a tremendous amount of non-organic compounds and even foods that are fed to the animals that people consume. And mm -hmm. where that's concerned for the people that eat meat, please know this. The cattle, for example, the numerous cows that are used to be slaughtered to sell the meat in the supermarkets for people to buy. And I'm not talking about the farmer because farmers are, are different for the most part. But when you're going to do the commercial stuff, these poor animals are stuffed in these places where they cannot even move, number one. It's horrible. Yes. They are in conditions that are not clean. So clearly, they will also imagine if we lived in conditions that are not clean, we get sick. They get sick too. Mm. They are uh, injected with ver various things like pro antibiotics to keep them from getting sick growth hormones to, to make them mm -hmm. as, as big as possible so that they could sell the most amount of meat to make the most amount of money. And oftentimes, believe it or not, for those people that especially buy the minced meat, so the ground meat, mm -hmm. these poor animals, and I'm just talking about cows here, but same thing can happen with, with pigs for pork or chicken. They develop cancer themselves, but they don't have the ability to go into a doctor's office to have it checked and tested and do a biopsy. These 
animals get slaughtered, there isn't anybody to check them. They may have cancer unbeknownst to us. They mm. get slaughtered. That meat ends up at the, at the supermarket. We buy it, we consume it. So we're consuming the cancer of that animal. And that's on top of the really poor diet that they were fed. For example, here in North America, cows are typically fed a mixture, which is so disgusting, mixture of corn syrup, which is sweet, and cancer loves sweet, cancer loves yeah. sugar, and some sort of soy powder, which is sort of like a protein-ish kind of thing. Mm. And they they get fat really quickly because, so they also have diabetes. That's another thing. So you have to be so careful with what you eat. So that's about meat. The same thing happens with, with crops of, you know, fruits and vegetables and grains. They are sprayed with chemicals to prevent bugs from eating them so that they could have better yield of that particular crop so that they could sell it. It has to look beautiful. People are so inclined to buy produce like fruits and vegetables that look good, not necessarily are good for you, but they look good. We are very very driven by by what things appear to the mm. eye. For example, there was a study done not too long ago, and I know I'm going to get flack for saying this, but there was a study done where they took non-organic strawberries, mm. they pressed them to make them into a juice, and then they tested them. The amount of pesticides that were in these strawberries and this strawberry juice that they just made was enough the level was enough to be able to spray the crop to prevent other bugs from eating it so imagine these wow. strawberries that people eat contain enough to be able to spray a crop i've heard that strawberries are one of the worst non-organic strawberries are one of the worst actually the same worst thing foods with, you can have i would yeah i would say the same thing with blueberries so Oh, yeah. You have to be very careful, especially with the fruits and vegetables that you have to consume with their skin. So blueberries, strawberries, apples, obviously raspberries, blackberries, like anything, grapes, anything that doesn't have to be peeled. Like mm -hmm. it just goes straight onto the skin, even on top of the skin, but it also gets absorbed through the skin oh. inside the actual fruit. I had never thought about it in these terms. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. yeah, but so it's different for organic. When it's yes. organic, it's different. Yes, or okay. it's supposed to be. Yes, and they, they've done tests. So there are tests out there, not tests, but research. So studies have been done with the amount of nutrition that you get from the organic mm. and the amount of nutrition you get from non-organic. And it's vastly different, vastly. So I always tell people, look at this as an investment in your health. Yeah. A lot of people want to buy really expensive things because they are good quality. They want to buy expensive shoes that are made out of leather because they will last longer. They are much better. They're not as painful on the feet. The same thing if you want to buy, you want to buy real cotton sheets, you know, Egyptian, a thousand thread count, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at food in the same way because this is something that goes inside our body and we have to eat multiple times a day. So it's important to treat the body with the same level of respect that you will invest. If you want to be surrounded by beautiful things of quality in your home, or if you want to have an expensive purse because you think you deserve it, don't you think you deserve to have food that's actually of quality and food that's going to give you good health in response? Because oftentimes you see that a lot of people buy these expensive things 
which mm-hmm. does not give them anything in return other than you look good to the world. Mm-hmm. But food actually does so much more for you because it actually does so much for your body to be healthy, for you to not get depressed, sick, have cancer, have diabetes. I mean, especially people with diabetes, you know, you get, you gain weight, you don't feel good, your skin doesn't look good, you don't feel confident, you're afraid to show yourself to the world. And you see a lot of people who actually invest in, you know, having an expensive purse, but don't invest in eating foods that will clear up their skin so that they can actually look good. Like you make the purse look good, not the purse makes you look good. So I don't agree more. Yeah. So it's important to look at this as an investment. It's like, if you're going to go to invest in, in a stock and you buy an Apple stock because you know, you're going to make money back, look at it exactly the same way you, you eat good food and you're going to get health back. It's an investment. You get something in return. I love it. Is there any anti-cancer diet for preventing and healing? You mentioned blueberries and obviously organic food. Is there something more specific for both preventing and healing? Yeah, so definitely from the brassica family that I just mentioned. So Mm -hmm. broccoli, very important. Kale, Brussels sprouts, anything that's green and full of chlorophyll is very, very beneficial to the body. And of course, you can't go and fry broccoli in really bad oil and think, well, I did something really good. You have to do it within reason. And it has to be in as close to what nature made it to be as possible. Mm. So don't take it far away from its natural state. That's when you have all the nutrients in it, when you leave it exactly as mother nature made it. And if you think about it, even if you take an apple or a banana or an orange or a blueberry, if you take that apart, and there is science behind it so people can do their own research, you will find that there are multiple things in that fruit. There there is vitamin C and there's fiber and there's a whole bunch of things that you get calcium that are packed in that in proper proportions, right? Man does not know what proportion, what these proportions should be to give the body the, the immunity or the, the health that it needs. But nature does. I mean, everybody benefits from eating apples. Everybody benefits from eating blueberries. Everybody benefits from eating broccoli. Of course, you don't want it to be sprayed with anything. So like you yeah. said, organic is the best. I believe that if you are a meat eater, you have to definitely absolutely buy organic mm. as lean as possible. I'm happy you're mentioning it because it was my next question, actually, cancer and meat. Yep. I think if you do want to eat meat, yes, it's doable. I know people that have cured their cancer that are on the record that have said so, and they've gone and put themselves through their own protocol and... I think each individual thing, like that's why it's important to work with with professionals because you have to look at how much time do you have. Like, for example, if I was to work with a pancreatic cancer patient, I would take a completely different approach than if I was to work with somebody that had a cancer that where they had a little bit more time, like you have more time. But if you've got something that's in like even, let's say, lung cancer stage four, you don't have that same luxury of time and you have to really put a lot of things in place, but definitely food wise, all the things that are antioxidants. So only berries from the, from the fruit family, anything that, 
ends in berry is something that should be consumed. And that's because they have very little sugar. Mm. So if you think that if you're going to eat a banana while you have cancer, you're okay because it's a banana, not so much because bananas have quite a bit of sugar and cancer loves sugar. Mm. Another thing aside from the diet, so I don't want people to be misled into thinking that the approach to, you know, helping your body heal the cancer is what you eat. It's not. There's a lifestyle. If you smoke, which is a lifestyle thing, but you have a good diet, you're not doing yourself any favors. If you don't have enough sleep, but you have a good diet, you're not doing yourself any good service. If you are angry and very uh, negative in your mindset, you're not even though you have a good diet, you're not going to do yourself any, any service. It's actually counterproductive. So there are a few components that you have to put in place to be able to really empower your body to get past this disease, wherever you may be on that journey, as well as fasting. That's another thing. You want to give your body an opportunity to stop working from processing foods actually go and deal with the damaged cells, go and clear out the toxicity that's causing the damage to the cells. You want to make sure that the body has a, a chance at eliminating all of this through different means. You have to empower the body by giving it like sometimes people need to take a break from digesting. But if they still need the nutrients, you want to do juicing. That's actually very mm -hmm. beneficial because you get to take in the, the nutrients without having to digest. Mm -hmm. The body can actually divert all of its energy towards the healing while it's getting the, the nutrients from the outside, from the juicing. So it doesn't have to go and work at breaking things down, processing everything, putting together the, the waste by putting it in the colon for you to eliminate it. Mm -hmm. all, all of that is actually not, doesn't have to happen. You just do, you take in the proper juices. You can also do a lot of the essential oil therapy there are other therapies, of course, there's sound therapy, there is art therapy, with however you feel in a state where you can actually really calm down your nervous system. So there are many avenues that one can take to be able to get past this. Meditation is extremely important. Sitting in silence, journaling, being able to get those negative emotions out of you putting them on papers, just as long as they're not within you, within your own spirit. Mm -hmm. Those things are important. So you have to take a multi-factor approach to it. It's in lifestyle, it's in mindset, and it's in diet always. Yeah. That's why we call it holistic. It's a holistic approach. You want to deal with the whole person. You're not just going to look like, for example, if somebody has lung cancer, you're not just going to go to a lung specialist and you get rid of the cancer. You have to look at it. Well, am I sleeping? Am I breathing? Is there enough oxygen going in my body? Mm -hmm. Like cancer, for example, cannot, and there's science behind this, cancer cannot survive in an oxygen environment. So if you do breath work or oxygen therapy, that is so beneficial, so beneficial. Breath work, breath amazing. Work. I yeah. think that the very iconic Wim Hof is from the area that you are, and we all love him in North America. Because <laughs> I was like, taking a course with him and yes. practicing. It's a while ago, and I've been thinking lately about going back to, to his teachings. But yeah, I think so, and I think he, he's amazing. He's, his breath work is amazing. 
just I never it. never had a cold shower before his teachings and then it became habitual for me and, and it wasn't even bothering after a while because you just That's get right. used to that right with the breath and everything but yeah breath work because of yeah. the oxygen it's amazing I, I think everybody if if you're at risk for cancer or if you are dealing with cancer everybody should every day or even if you don't and you want to prevent cancer from ever happening mm -hmm. everybody should do breath work every single day train your body to take in even if you do it like once in the morning once in the evening get in as much oxygen as possible because oftentimes during the day at work we breathe very shallow so mm -hmm. your breath whether it should be like this and people typically take mm -hmm. in this much you want to take in as much oxygen even in those two times like very deep deep breaths get mm -hmm. as much oxygen in the body so then now you're taking in more oxygen than the average person therefore you increase your body's oxygen supply and you prevent the ability for cancer to survive in your body amazing actually everything you're mentioning ayurveda totally agrees with that i've been studying yeah. ayurveda and actually i started ayurveda as a patient since i had a benign tumor myself mm -hmm. years ago and they were very strict with the sugar the yes. doctors in india it's yes. extremely strict with regards to everything that has sugar mm -hmm. including pasta everything that has sugar had to That's be correct. cut out and it was like the first thing what is coming to mind right now is that i was reading this book from louise hay many years mm -hmm. ago yes she says she mentions it became my bible at the time she mentions where we put our cancers and tumors tells a lot about our trauma that's right and you were mentioning mindset beliefs and maybe trauma has something to do with this as well right absolutely i mean even the energy of anger if you go it's a very low vibrating energy all all disease is very low mm -hmm. vibrating just like we were talking about cancer cold and flus so if you're going to have the thoughts or the mindset of constantly being mad at the world and not making peace with people that have done you wrong or, you know, like if you haven't forgiven and you hold that energy of negativity, anger, anything, jealousy, hate, any of those energies that are so low on the vibration scale, that means that now you put yourself and your body in a state of attracting something that is at that same vibrational level, therefore viruses, diseases, anything of that nature that can match that vibration. Now you make the match and you attract it, you magnetize it to you. So you now put yourself in the position to say, hey, I match this. And because you match it, like you manifest it, express it in your body. So yes, those things are so important. And Louise Hayes, so right. And if you think about it in its infinite wisdom, because the body is so smart, I mean, I think people don't recognize we put all of that power in the hands of doctors because we think that doctors know better, but nature, God, whoever you believe in the universe knows so much better. Let's say you have a surgery, okay? Whether it's a C-section when you mm -hmm. have your child or you, you need a, some sort of surgery, because sometimes we do need those. Think of what the doctors that after the surgeons, they send you home, and where that incision was made, there's nothing that anybody can do to heal that except for the body. But the body has the capacity to heal that. Women that have given birth, and I've given birth, I have two kids. 
think of what happens after you give birth. You have to give your body a chance to go back to its normal levels of hormones. You have to give your uterus a chance to shrink back to its original size. You have to lose the weight. So the body goes through a complete like 360 degree change mm -hmm. and then it has to go right back to the pre-pregnancy changes, right? For example, when baby's inside of you, as it grows, it pushes your organs out of the way to accommodate the baby. The body has to bring those right back, right? Yeah. So if the body has the ability to do all those things, we have to recognize that the body has the ability to heal. When you have an incision, the, the skin has to fuse back. So the body does that. No doctor does that. Even if they, they staple your skin or they sew your skin, they give you stitches, you still have to go home and wait for all the work that the body does for the body to do mm -hmm. that. You don't go back to work the day after your big surgery. You don't go back to doing the things you were doing before. You don't go back to the gym. You have to wait. You have to wait to give the body a chance to do its thing. Same thing with pregnancy. You have to wait for the body to grow that baby inside of you. Everything is programmed inside us. Everything, including healing. So in that wisdom, what the body does when, let's say, cells start to mutate and grow out of, which is typically what happens with cancer, and they grow out of control, what the body does is it puts a sack around it, right? It, that's mm -hmm. what a tumor is. It puts like a, its own skin, if you want to call it that, around it. And it does that to protect the rest of the tissues and the fluids around to say, hey, mm -hmm. this is actually something that shouldn't be here. So let's just protect the rest of the body. Let's put something around it to isolate it, put it in isolation. Mm -hmm. If you were to then allow the body to clear that, by supporting it, that's how the body heals, heals the cancer. The body does the work, not you, not the nutritionist, not the coach, not the doctor, not the chemotherapy, the body does the work. So if you're going to go down, like I said in the beginning, those traditional avenues of doing the chemotherapy to go and kill that tumor, or you go down and you have the surgery to cut the tumor out, or you go and you do radiation for like they do this like they mm -hmm. radiate the tumor, you still want to make sure that the rest of the, the tissues around it are healthy, just like the body does that for you. You still want to work yeah. with the body to say, yes, let's empower the rest because the body will then work together. All the other cells will work together to say, we're going to help you get rid of this. No problem. Let's work together. So you have to empower the body. That's why it's important to have the good diet and the good mindset and the good vibrations and all the things that you have available to you. Nature provides us with all of that. The mindset is all ours to control. So yes, absolutely. There is so much that we could do. So much. I think people feel very disempowered. So theoretically, if our vibration is always up, is always high, we shouldn't actually get sick, right? That's correct. The reason why I'm asking, and I was smiling while you were discussing all this, is that I do some energy healing and different things, especially on my son. Basically, I don't want to jinx it, but he's basically the only kid in the kindergarten who hasn't been sick. And all kids get sick in the kindergarten because obviously I'm prioritizing his vibration and his healing and just increasing his vibration almost daily. You're an amazing mother to do that because... And he's going to feel that like we, when we live, especially in close quarters with people like our family, just like it is when you put like, for example, if you put a really 
a fruit that has gone bad next to a really good healthy fruit, the healthy mm-hmm. fruit will start to go bad too, right? Yeah. So in the household, when you have that high vibration and you're, you know, you're prioritizing your health, they absorb the, your high energy, your high oh. vibration, and they themselves then benefit from it. It's like a candle. You could light a candle from another candle. You don't put out the other mm-hmm. candle by lighting it from that candle. Like both candles now have light. So yes, you're an amazing mother and, and it obviously shows your son is healthy and he's not going to even match the frequency of the, of the sick kids at kindergarten. So that's the thing. I yes. mean, it has been like that so far. And of course something yes. can happen. Obviously he is so small, but mm-hmm. so far so good. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Work. Absolutely. Makes sense. Okay, what do you think of the normal remedies? I'm a bit unsure how I feel about them, about surgery, chemotherapy, radiation therapy. What do you think about them? How do they work? And are there are there side effects? And what would you recommend those remedies to a person or a patient suffering from cancer? When I work with, with my clients, what I do is I allow them I'm there to guide them, not to make their decisions. I can tell them what I would do if I were in their position, in their circumstance. But I do not advise clients. I do not say, go get chemotherapy or don't get chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's ultimately their decision. You provide them with the information that allows them to make an informed and educated decision. So, and there's a lot of information out there. So anybody who gets cancer or gets diagnosed with cancer, first and foremost, don't panic. That's the number one thing. It does not mean you're going to die in the next five minutes. It does not mean you're going to die tomorrow. You have a little bit of time. So take at least a week or even a few days. The trouble is that oftentimes doctors start to say, hey, we have to book you in for this, you know, in three days or next week. So they kind of rushed up process and that's when you should actually take a breath and say, okay, let me look into this and then do the research, take the time away from work or whatever it may be, especially if your health and life is in on the line, you want to make sure you make the proper decision here. Mm-hmm. Just like if you were to say, I'm going to go jump out of an airplane and you, you could possibly die if you don't do the proper things, mm-hmm. right? You go and you educate yourself. What's involved? Why? Like, what kind of parachute? When do you open it? How far up do you have to go? When do you launch the the parachute so that you don't die? What happens if there's wind? What happens if it's raining? You educate yourself with all those factors. Mm -hmm. You should approach health in exactly the same way, especially if your life is on the line and the doctors are telling you and they're giving you a prognosis. Or you know that cancer kills Take a bit of time to go and do the research on what do what kind of success rates do these therapies have? Rather than trusting somebody, go and do your research, especially for that specific cancer. If you have prostate cancer, go and study what exactly is going to happen if I do surgery. What's going to happen if I do chemotherapy? What's going to happen if I follow what the doctor said and I just do radiation? Study that. If you have lung cancer, the same thing. If you have pancreatic cancer, whatever cancer you have, you should actually do your work to study. Oftentimes, if you look by and large, I believe chemotherapy uh, does not have the success rate of anywhere near 100%. And so you should, you should go and look at the statistics and take that into account. 
However, if you do want to go down that path, as I said in the beginning of our conversation, you should mm. still give your body what it takes to be able to go through this battle, being as strong as possible. It's like you have to take a soldier and make him strong if you know he's going to go to battle, if he's going to go to war. You want that soldier to be strong and healthy and powerful. You don't want that soldier to be weak and sick and almost mm. dying. So you have to empower your body to be in its strongest, healthiest possible state that it can be to go to face this, whether it's chemo, whether it's radiation, whether it's surgery. I mean, even women who do plastic surgery, even those women, the doctor checks you to see if you're healthy so that you're not going to die while they're operating on you. So even then, for those vanity purposes, you still have to be healthy. Imagine how healthy you have to be if you're going to go towards these things with cancer in your body. So again, I think everybody owes it to themselves to really educate themselves in what it actually involves and what chances they have vis-a-vis -vis knowing how they feel, what stage mm -hmm. they are at. And there are different ways you work with patients having different types of cancer, right? Yes. And, and it's important to determine like what stage are you at? What prognosis did the doctor give you? What type of cancer is it? So pancreatic cancer, by and large, brain cancers, those are very quick. They actually progress very quickly. Whereas other cancers like cervical cancer is much slower. Same thing with, for example, in, for men, prostate cancer is not as bad. They see a little bit of inflammation and they, they panic. But that's when you should go into reversing that. Even in modern medicine, you know, when you, when you have, when you get a diagnosis of cancer, you still have to go and work with an oncologist, which is a specialist. You have to work with a doctor that has studied cancer. And the same way you have to work with a professional, whether it's from the holistic or the natural world to be able to identify, okay, what cancer are we dealing with and what approach would be best? But from a diet perspective, what you said earlier about Ayurveda stands true in, in modern, you know, holistic, even in the Western world, do not consume anything that raises your blood sugar. So no pastas, no starches, no rice, no breads, no, no pastries, no cereals. No, no alcohol. Definitely no alcohol. Mm. Those should be out of, of your diet altogether, 100%. You should be concentrating on consuming very healthy, preferably organic meats and vegetables, especially if you're a meat eater, if you're like vegetarian, vegan, even better, you can concentrate on that. You should implement fasting. You should implement, like we just discussed about Wim Hof, breath work and mm -hmm. therapy. You should do some cold therapy. Absolutely. Really healthy lifestyle, really good sleep. There's so much good that happens in the body. The body repairs itself when we sleep. And melatonin mm. is a very powerful detoxifier and antioxidant. So those kind of things. And of course, there are supplements that you can take. For example, if you live in a country where you don't get a lot of sunshine, you absolutely should take vitamin D. Yeah. And of course, uh, there are other detoxifying supplements. But again, professional would probably build that for you, the diet and the supplements in accordance to what you're dealing with. How about you mentioned the outlook 
some people believe that they will beat it and they actually do and some others just get defeated from the first moment how about that and trauma how can people work with that so where trauma is concerned you really have to make peace with it um, from a spiritual perspective, I would recommend from, that's how I look at it. And from what I've studied, you make peace with what happened and you are grateful for the lesson it taught you. And you go forward having learned that lesson and applying it. And if, let's say, the cancer was part of your journey to help you recognize the fragility of life, to help you recognize how important and how valuable life is, then take that lesson instead of being angry that, oh, I can't believe I got, it's better to look at it on the positive side to say, I'm so happy that I got to learn this. That, and I think in large part, that's what helped me when I had my stroke. I looked at it as I was so grateful. I'm like, wow, this taught me something so important. My goodness, look at, I was taking for granted everything I had in life. Mm. And in the blink of an eye, all of that could have gone away and my children would have been left without a mother. It made me realize so quickly how fragile life is. It can go away in one second. And look at that positive side of things. Make peace. People have, I mean, there's trauma in the world even right now with what's happening. We hear about all kinds of negative, bad things and who's doing what. If you can keep yourself in your own bubble, take away, don't consume the negative things that you see in the media and on social media and let people that feel the same way that they feel about you and if they hate you and make peace with them and don't sit and don't sit in the negative energy of, I can't believe that person lied to me 15 years ago. I can't believe that person said that to me. I can't believe that person hurt me. Let it go forgive them, understand that they have their own lessons that they need to learn and move on from that. And now concentrate on bringing light, love, and really positive, high vibrating frequencies in your body. What I also advise people to practice is through meditation, I think visualizing is so important. So here's one thing that I've done even for myself. I, I sit in meditation and it doesn't have to take a long time and it takes practice before you can perfect it. Cause I know that we are so distracted in the world with social media and work and parents and friends and life. And you sit in meditation. So this is like intermittent fasting for the mind. You sit in mm, meditation. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So you take a break from the world, sit in meditation, turn off the lights, put on some really good music, or if you want to do it in silence, great. Concentrate on your breath. Keep your all your attention on your breath in and out. Imagine the oxygen that's going in and think if you need to have thoughts because it's impossible not to think. Think of how healing that is for your body and show mm. gratitude. How amazing is it that oxygen is free? It's like you get healing for free. This is a healing therapy that you get for free from Mother Nature. The trees do that for you. So that's abundance. Think of abundance. Don't think of the lack of health. Think of how abundant oxygen is to mm. heal you. And in meditation, think of a white light or a silver or a gold light that comes in through the top of your head. And then, and then imagine that every organ in your body gets bathed and, and cloaked in this, in this light. And this light, think of it as this is healing energy. And go and put it around where you think or where you have the cancer, if you have the cancer. Or go put it around the organ. Like let's say you have fatty liver. You don't have cancer, but you have fatty liver. 
go and put this light around your liver and imagine your liver is no longer doesn't have anything it's healthy it's pink mm -hmm. and it's not inflamed and it's just in perfect go and look on on google what does a healthy liver look like and imagine your liver exactly like that or and then let that white silver gold light whatever you want to call it Imagine it coming into abundance from the top of your head on an ongoing basis, and it goes into every area of your body, into mm -hmm. your lungs, around your liver, around your heart, around your pancreas, around your ovaries, around your testicles, whether you're a man or a woman, in your, in your uterus, around your cervix, in your muscles, in your blood vessels, inside your stomach, inside your small intestine, inside your colon, just go through a whole circle. This is one of the meditations I do. So you bring all of that into your body. You are literally bringing good energy into your body, light, mm -hmm. healing energy into your body. And another thing every day, and I do this when I drive, oftentimes, talk to your body. Your, your cells are always listening and just say, body, I love you so much. Thank you for all that you do. Because if you think about it, there are thousands upon thousands of things that happen every single day that you do not have to participate in. It happens naturally for mm -hmm. you by default. The fact that you blink, the fact that you breathe, the fact that your heart is beating, all of that, the blood, the blood flow, all of that is happening without you doing anything. It gives that to you for free for you to be able to function. Your kidneys are filtering by themselves. Now think of yourself if that is happening for you and think of the people that have to go to dialysis at the hospital, that, that yeah. those organs are no longer, that's happening for you for free. You should be really grateful. So that's what I do. I tell my body, I'm like, I love you brain. Thank you so much for all that you do. Eyes, I love you. Thank you for helping me see. I love you liver. Thank you for all that you do. I know you do a lot of work and you're probably tired. I love you. I'm so grateful for all that you do. Lungs, thank you for bringing the oxygen into everything. Heart, thank you for beating. Blood, thank you for bringing all the nutrients to everywhere. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Cells, you guys are amazing. Just give your body love, like gratitude. And you'd be so surprised about what a long way this goes. So you have to look at it as an approach mm -hmm. from many different angles, not just going to a doctor to cut something out of your body, not just going to get radiated, not just going to get some chemotherapy put in your vein. There's so much you can do from a natural perspective that costs you nothing. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for this. Is there any last messages you'd like to share with everyone listening to this? Yes. Believe your body can heal 100%. Everything, 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 bar none in the world can be healed. If you believe and if you do what it takes, your body will do magic. Always believe that you can make it. This was so inspiring. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share this message. It's my pleasure. How can people find you and how can you help them? Absolutely. I would love to. So I do health coaching. I put together meal plans and I work with depends because each person approaches things differently. Some people, for example, want to have certain meal plans made for them. Tell me what to eat step by step. I will do what you yeah. say. While other people just say, give me an outline. So I actually custom make the 
approach for the person depending on what they deal with. So I have to do a proper intake to understand where they're at, what they're dealing with. We take it from there, whether it's for prevention or whether it's for addressing something you're dealing with. And oftentimes I get people that come because they've already gone through the chemo, radiation, surgery, and they're in worse shape. So we want to bring the body back to its natural state of of homeostasis and health Mm -hmm. and thriving. So I could be reached on my website, which is simonegisondi.com. Um, or by email, simone at simonegisondi.com. I think you have my email address. Mm-hmm. You can put it in the show notes. I'm also that. on Instagram, and my handle is at simone.gisondi. And of course, if you look me up, I wrote a book. I'm, I'm there. The book is on Amazon. If you Google me, you'll find me. What's the title of the book? Very aptly named. It's called Against Medical Advice. How are medical professionals actually taking this? Um, to be honest, I mean, it's you know, it's, it's out there because I chose that title for it. I, I did not put down the medical professionals. I did go through mm-hmm. my period of hardship because the protocols, the medical protocols I was put on really did not help me in the way that I had expected mm-hmm. them. But it's just a, the title of a book. I took power back and I actually applied it to myself. I, I educated myself on what it takes. I understand that not everybody has the luxury of time to be able to study to that degree to understand what the body does when it interfaces with foods and what things that you apply like lifestyle wise how that helps you so that's why i recommend that people work with professionals rather than trying things out at least just go and work with somebody to get educated but my book is there to chronicle my journey of how i got back on my feet Amazing. Thank you. And thank you so much for Mm -hmm. being here with us today and for being so honest about everything and for sharing so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. It's an honor to share the, to just share the the hope that is out there for anybody who's going through anything. Mm -hmm. There is so much hope. People don't look at that. They look at the negative side of things and it's important that people hear it constantly from others that there's always hope there's always a way and there are always people that are willing to help. Nice. I love this last message. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Now it's your turn. Let me know what health and abundance subjects you want me to cover in the future. Do that by commenting on the post on Instagram. Thank you for listening and thank you so much to Simone for being here with us today. If you liked it, please leave a review at podchaser.com. Just search for the podcast and write a good review. If you have questions, please do let me know on Instagram. And if you want to book a free consultation with me, you can do that on my website adakomani.no. In the next episode, we'll be talking about postpartum depression. And remember... You are always creating your health and abundance. What do you choose to create today?